Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usedbookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 26, Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Myself, Johnny B over there living in his warehouse. He's probably been there all night long, but hey, you know, it's lifestyle he chooses. Today's topic is going to be a fun one, and we are going to cover all things related to brand and category knowledge. Is it something you need to have a reselling business? I think there's an argument on both sides. And I can personally say Johnny B has more knowledge on books than me. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't I mean, I'm, I'm not a book knowledgeable kind of person. So we're kind of just going to hop into, I'm going to let him take it away here where, you know, he thinks knowledge, we'll start out with, you know, what's the most important thing when it comes to knowledge, if you're going to be reselling in a certain category or a certain niche? Well, if you're selling a certain category or selling a certain niche, you need to know your audience, your customers, what do they buy in said category and niche? Because even if you niche into just books, well, okay, fine. What kind of books do customers buy? And do they buy the high dollar ones, the cheap ones, the series ones? Do they buy book lots? Do they buy books on average that are $30 or less? These are all things to consider when deciding, okay, I'm a bookseller now, but what kind of bookseller are you? Um, and reversing that onto Amazon, because yeah, I'm the eBay guy, sure, fine. Um, but at Amazon, you gotta look at your keep it charts as well, um, or or know when to sell it. When's the prime time to send in that book to have it for sale to maximize your dollars? So even in Amazon land, it may not be book knowledge specific, it may be market knowledge specific, which I consider critical, more critical in Amazon. eBay. Odds are, if you did everything right, it will sell at some point, faster or slower, but it will sell. Um, so I think all of these things are very important on the market research end of things, uh, especially when you have niched to something. Uh, very critical, because if you're not an everything seller anymore, you're going to come across less big ticket items um, because you're you're buying certain things now. Let's just say it's just books. Well, how many $100 plus books are you going to come across? And how many of those do you need to make ends meet? Um, versus, okay, I'm in Goodwill. How many $100 items can I find that I could flip in all of Goodwill? Now, the latter sounds more appealing, but if you get into the volume game, I think you can make leaps and bounds money over the just buying the bigger ticket items. Because even though... You can only go to so many stores a day. You can only pick up so many of those a day. Um, so you, it's hard to do volume on $100 plus items every day. You think uh, it's like Amazon is supply and demand. And I would say eBay is knowledge and demand. Um, and that's just because there's softwares for Amazon, right? Uh, anybody yep. out there, no matter what you're doing, you're using a software to find items to sell on Amazon versus eBay. It's just the eBay app, you understanding how to use the app, you know, understanding what the sell through rate is because, right, there's no sales rank on eBay. You can't, you know, there's no, no, well, this is a top 1% of the category when you're just out in the wild, like kind of hunting for items to resell. And I think there's a heavy contrast between both platforms. 
And if you're if you're going to have a, a book business on eBay, sure, like you said, if you're going to do crazy volumes, truckloads, then you really don't have to know anything if you're just throwing everything up. But anything besides that, you have to have a knowledge base. And when I started just, you know, being book only, focusing on books, I, I'll be the first to admit, I didn't know nothing about, you know, who to be on the lookout for, you know, like I didn't even know Stephen King first editions, like even were a thing when I first started, right? I'm just like, I have no idea. I'm not, a, I'm not like a, a book nerd or anything like that. So like, I was already behind the eight ball when it came to trying to sell media on eBay, because you have to understand what you're looking at, because there's no easy way to go in and scan, you know, bookcases full of books and see what's worth it, what's not. You have to well, you got to research every single one. Well, you can't sit there because you'll be there for 24 hours researching every single item on the shelf. You got to know like, hey, all right, well, I'm going to grab this one because I think this is going to be worth it. This one, this one, this will probably be worth it. And then you can look them up from there, but you have to kind of build a knowledge base. And in comparison, Amazon, you just scan and an app tells you whether or not it's profitable, right? It shows you right away. It even tells you how much you're going to make. Even if you just use the Amazon seller app, scan something, it'll show you the profit. You just put in your, your buy calls. It'll tell you exactly how much you're going to make. eBay doesn't do that. You might see that it's sold for 15 bucks, but we, we talk about it all the time. Who cares what something sold for? I mean, if it says, you don't know how much you're getting from that. At least Amazon kind of tells you like, hey, after fees, you're probably going to get this amount. eBay's like, no, that's $15 in your pocket. And I think a lot of people kind of get it mixed up. Right. I mean, there are tools. I just want to clarify. There are a couple of tools with eBay, not many. Uh, one of those is an internal tool called Terapeaks, but you have to have a store subscription to even access that. I was using that just the other day. I don't use it for sold price research, that kind of thing, how much I should list a book for. I primarily use that tool for what I was talking about earlier, market research. What is my niche, the, bar, the book market doing? Um, and it holds the last two years of data for all everything on eBay. So I can look and analyze something. If I want to know if... I'm looking between a dollar range of $5.99, $8.99. How many people are charged? What percentage of people, sellers, are doing free shipping? It'll tell me that, which is neat to know. Okay, I need to charge free shipping because everybody in this price range is 75% of them are offering free shipping. Um, but you can do the reverse. What if I go up to $34.99 to 40 bucks? Are those people charging for shipping or not? Surprisingly, they charge mo majority of those people charge shipping. I didn't know that unless I used this tool. Um, and you can even you can even look at genres or authors to get a ballpark idea of how much this author or this genre or this publisher is selling for. You can get you can dig out information like that. It's super cool. Uh, another tool that I don't really think specific to eBay, but I know a lot of eBay sellers use it, especially the everything buyers. They use Google Lens. Um, basically, if you're not familiar with Google Lens. It's basically a cover scan for anything. If it's on the internet, it'll find it. And you can, okay, and, and you primarily use this when you can't find it on eBay for this oddball thing. This, like, I don't know, little six-inch figurine of an elephant. You can't find it on eBay. Well, you use Google Lens, it'll, if it's up for sale, it'll access all of Google and find it. Can you can you access Terapeak on your phone? Say if I'm out at the thrift store, all I got is my phone on me. Maybe I've never tried. Let me let me dig around here. We continue the conversation as I press buttons and stuff. Even then, it's like the Amazon software tells you right away. Basically, you're gonna have a yes or no answer, 
where eBay, you gotta, you know, you gotta filter the sold sold listings. You gotta kind of see see what's going on and see how many are listed versus how many sold. Um, what did it sell for? Was it a best offer accepted? There's a lot more nuances that come with eBay just because the software is completely different. And I'm not sure why, like there really isn't like an eBay scanning software, basically. I mean, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where it, when it does come along, I'm sure it'll make a whole bunch of money, but who knows if it's even possible with, you know, what eBay lets the back end, you, you know. You can take an image on eBay itself, but just like cover scanning with Amazon, 50-50 shot most of the time. Um, and yes, you can access Terapeak on your phone, apparently, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're really out there into it, it'll, it's going to take more time. Any way you look at it, the eBay way of life is going to take more time. But if you have knowledge, you can capitalize here in different ways versus Amazon. And that, you know, especially with books, you got book club edition books. You're not going to find those on Amazon. First edition books, pre-ISBN books. There's so many different ways where you don't have to do Amazon and you don't have to do eBay. It's just the way it is. And you can be really good at one and not even care about the other. It's kind of like what we do. We're kind of the opposites. You do eBay real well, I do Amazon, right? It's just the way it is. But there's a specific skill set, you know, it's like, we're, we're both trained assassins in different ways, right? I go in and I scan all the stuff and you go in and say, hey, that's a science fiction from the 80s. I'm buying it regardless, no matter what it is, yep. grab them all. And, and you could probably argue once you have the knowledge set, and I think I think you probably would be correct, you're probably going to be faster than me going in scanning a whole store. If you're going in scanning the shelves with your eyes and you know exactly what you're looking for because you have the knowledge, you know what sells, you're just going to grab it and go versus me. I I'm scanning everything. Software. I built it myself. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, you're like the Terminator where he's scanning, scanning for John exactly Connor. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. But now, uh, I th the, the software edge is exact. Now I mentioned appointed to my head and stuff, but human error does come into play. So I, I bought something I was sure I was right on before. Um, but occasionally, well, I'm wrong. Not so much these days. Uh, but uh, yeah, occasionally you can be wrong and we always have the tools and technology and sometimes I get cocky because I'm a professional bookseller. Yes, professional. Um, and I'll buy something without looking it up when I was, eh, I think it's worth money. But if I took the time to whip out my cell phone, I could have proven if it was worth money or not. I don't think, I mean, maybe you could counteract this, but I, I think you're going to agree with me. I don't think there's any shortcuts to gaining knowledge no no um the knowledge comes with with time uh there's no shortcut short, shortcutting your time there i mean we have tools uh, ebay has tools amazon has tools um but even then there, there's some things that aren't on either database and you got to figure it out and make a judgment call and how you make that judgment call comes with the time and knowledge of being in the game that we are in as resellers. That's just I, how it is. I gain most of my knowledge from YouTube. Yeah. Um, but this is a this is, you know, that the YouTube road can lead you down many deep, dark, shadowy alleyways where you shouldn't belong. Um, so I mean, the amount of resellers I watched when I first started doing this was probably, you know, hundred plus. I've narrowed that list down to probably well under 20 now. Um, and there are people that, you know, you learn from, right? I mean, I really don't care like what somebody, 
on YouTube. Oh my God, I sold this one item for a thousand dollars. Like look those at me, look at me videos. Those aren't the videos you should be seeking out if you're looking to gain knowledge, right? You want probably, you know, it's probably a smaller channel because they don't do clickbaity stuff. But everything you're talking about when it comes to the specific niche you're you're selling in, you know, if you're doing sneakers, find a sneaker, somebody that resells sneakers, doing vintage shirts, vintage shirts. And you kind of can just, you know, kind of, I don't even know what you like osmosis, right? You know, like for me, I have a few of them, right? Curator of the Lost, uh, small time, small town bookseller. Those guys are like their knowledge they have inside their heads. I say it all the time. I wish like, you know, can I lend you for a day, right? I just take you with me and you can just walk in the store and pick out things that are going to sell on eBay, you know, for 30, 40 plus dollars. And just- right. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted. Just like watching their stuff, um, because it's 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 items, you know, it's 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 in my niche. I'm not watching, you know, I'm not watching resellers selling sneaks because I'm not selling sneaks. I stick to within my niche. Those are the videos I'm gonna watch. And uh you learn a lot just by kind of leveraging off other people that have been in the business longer than you. And maybe, maybe it is somebody that has a huge library, loves collecting books. So their knowledge base is just, I mean, it's a million times what mine is. Right. And just to plug a few more, I mean, for those who don't know, we have these particular channels, the ones he mentioned, the one I'm about to mention, fed into our Discord. So we see videos pop up from these folks all the time. Uh, there is uh, Caleb from Antique Book Collective. You mentioned Shane from Curator of the Lost. Uh, Joji Davenport's a new one we've added. We did a podcast with him not too long ago. Um, and Daily Refinement. Now, I plug these guys all the time. I think they are the best at what they do for reselling on eBay as a whole, not necessarily in clothes, not necessarily in books, but just an overall encompassing thing. So if I had to plug one of them, it would be daily refinement uh, for eBay and stuff. Uh, definitely Joji, Mike here, of course. Um, I'm forgetting. Any oh, Andrew from 510 Books, what I would say would be a split person between eBay and Amazon. He's a good guy. Um, I think with daily refinement, it's like, the business practices you get from yes. him and tech are invaluable. And I mean, it's one of those things, right? You know, it's just, it's just us running the business. So it's completely different when, when you have to start implementing new things and cha changing the way you're working. And then maybe if you have an employee changing the way, you know, how you're going to hire somebody, how you're going to handle that situation. So 100% like daily refinement, anytime his videos pop up, uh their podcast it there's it's like every 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 episode you're going to learn something from it how to grow your business how to you know maybe maneuver your business if you want to change what you're doing there's so there's just so much information out there but that's a double-edged sword right i mean it's too that's the crux of that group there's too much information well it's a, it's a crux of youtube it's a yeah. crux of people out here that are looking to start and maybe they want to you know learn something it's like i mean you could sit there all day every day and watch youtube videos right another good one just in case he's watching would be golden state picker i like him a lot oh too. yeah he's he's uh he's a nice guy he knows everything there is to know it's uh it's it's pretty crazy like i don't know like i need to find like some young book flipper right i need somebody that's like 16 years old on youtube that's flipping Caleb, media he's only 19 years old and his knowledge kicks my Wait, ass there's he's no 19. way he that's that's ridiculous. 
He drives across the country buying antique books, man. I mean, if he's listening he's to this. He's the new sorry. Romer, except he keeps his shirt on. If, if, he, if he's listening to this, I apologize, because I thought he was definitely at least in his mid-20s. So that's that's news to me. He might have aged up. I maybe think of an early video when he said how old he was. I was like, no way. No. That's still crazy. But you can't get caught up with just watching videos. You can learn just as much going out on your own and doing the research as you can sitting in front of the screen. And you probably could argue that you, you're going to learn more just going out there and looking up books, but it's going to take a lot more time, right? Kind of YouTube and uh, courses and things like that are like shortcuts almost, but you know, it works both, both ways. Just because you watch something doesn't mean, you know, you know, watch a video and they say, Hey, you know, be on the lookout for this author. And then you never find that author out in your stores. You know, it just happens. So you kind of, it could be region a time waster. has a lot to do with that too. What the region buys. And if they don't buy it, you're not going to find it in a thrift or a mom and pop or out in the wild. Yeah. And so, so like trying to gain knowledge, it, it's, it's going to take time. I don't think you can shortcut it. You kind of can be like me. You start out, you don't know nothing. I still don't know nothing. Right. But over time, you're putting in the reps, you're out there, you're looking at books every single day. You're watching a few YouTubers you can relate with that, you know, are, are personable to you. And you kind of like the way they have their channel set up and the videos they do. And you can learn over time. This isn't something like, oh, I'm going to start selling sneakers tomorrow. Well, guess what? If I decided to start selling sneakers tomorrow, good luck, right? I have no idea what I'm doing. Sure, yeah, I know that uh, Nike sells sneakers and Adidas and all, and, and all these other companies, but you don't know what what type of Nike sell, you know, what what size Nike sell better than other sizes. And it's the same with books, right? You got hardbacks, you got softbacks, first editions, second editions, uh, book club editions, all kinds of editions, book sets, non-book sets. There is literally so much junk out there. That goes hand in hand with the good stuff. And you have to know how to kind of sift through it to be efficient with your time. And I'm glad you mentioned shoes because it applies very much to books, especially in textbooks. And the shoe people have this very same problem. Counterfeits. How to identify one so you don't sell one accidentally or attempt to. And Amazon and eBay come down on you hard when uh, you sell a fake shoe or a fake book. No, and at least the good thing with books is, right, if you make a mistake, you make a bad buy, what does it cost you a buck? Who cares, yeah. right? Shoes, especially if you're playing that Nike game, 30 bucks, 50 bucks. Yeah, so, I mean, that's why a lot of people start with media because it's cheap. You can learn cheaply. You can make mistakes, and they're not going to bankrupt your business. You know, it, it, it is what it is, and it's kind of the building block of reselling, especially on Amazon. Because it is cheap and mistakes are going to happen. Nobody's perfect. You know, we're, everybody's going to make mistakes. I still make them all the time. Johnny still makes them all the time. Yeah. It happens. It's never going to stop. And that's how you continue, continuously learn. And maybe someday we'll get to a point where we're 100% mistake free, but I highly doubt it. And even if you're using software, the software is, you know, software is, you know, not reliable. I mean, sure, you get, you get an instant answer on your phone. But that doesn't mean that's going to be correct when you go go to list the item later that day or even later in the week. Things change. Maybe the software pulled the wrong item. Maybe yeah. you scan the barcode and it pulled up, you know, uh, a pair of sneakers that was, you know, a different color or, you know, something like that. And, you're, and you really don't pay attention because a lot of times you get caught up in the moment. You, you scan something, you're like, whoa, $30 profit. And you just throw it in the car. You don't double check. So you're already at home, you go to list the item and you're like, wait a minute, this, this ain't even the right item. Like it's pulling something completely different. Right. 
Another uh, couple of good resources that I've used in the past are Biblio. If I can't find any information on a book, a Biblio is good for short for bibliography, finding out the original publication date or the list of publishers that this book's come from. So that's good for that. Another one I like to use is eight books. Um, they have a lot of articles on just general book knowledge. Uh, not a, they also, they, for those who don't know, they also have more antiquarian books up for sale there, but I go there primarily for the information they have because they release articles from time to time. Like I didn't know parts of books, um, and as an eBay seller, I needed to know the names of parts of books, and I got those from Abe, um, and a lot of historical things for older books. Um, yes, it's reading. It's not watching. I'm sorry, but there's some great information over there. I can't plug those guys enough. Dude, count me out. If you if you quiz me right now on the 25 parts of a book, uh, I would get the cover and a uh, table of contents. And I would uh, look to the left and see if the person next to me was smarter and I would copy their answers down. And there uh -huh. you go, teacher. And hopefully I pass. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I, gave, I gave my employee a packet of book part names. She loved it. Oh. It was just, it was just, it was literally arrows pointing part of the book. So come work for Johnny B where we will quiz you every week. And if you don't pass the quiz, you are eliminated. Give me your torch. But if you pass, you get a lollipop. Give me your torch. Put out your torch. You're off the yeah. island. Um, it is good to know though, right? 100%. You know, the knowledge you have is far superior than mine and you need it for the type of business you run. Yes. Um, Sure, I do sell a little bit on eBay, but nothing in comparison. So, yeah, I know, like, I know the common ones that everybody knows. Stephen King first editions, you know, certain authors, certain book sets, right? Warhammer 40K, uh, yeah. old school D&D stuff, things like that. The stuff everybody and now, knows. Now that you have this knowledge, whenever you're out, you can, when you see them again, you know that's an instant pickup for you. You don't even need to look it up. Yeah, I mean... And believe it or not, uh, a good D&D &D book story I had is I went to my local library sale and they had a stack of like the old D&D &D, like set up books. And I didn't know nothing about it, but I said for a dollar, I can't go wrong. Like, this is cool. Like I just keep it for myself or give it to one of my friends. And um, and it wound up being I, I ran it on auction and sold for like 150 bucks. But like, yeah, that was because I knew what what like Warhammer was worth. So I was like, D&D &D is like warhammer kind of before warhammer so i was like all right i'm I'm rolling with this and uh it worked out but you got to have a knowledge base and you can't expect to know everything and you shouldn't expect to know i don't get beat up if i don't know something i'm like hey that's another you know tool i have on the belt and i think a lot of people like they want to know everything and i think in the reselling world it's uh it's next to impossible unless you are super niche down unless you are just like selling a certain author or certain you know genre it's going to be next to impossible to know every author, every profitable item just by walking in and looking at something. Right. Like a prime instance of these, like I was, when I first started getting in paperbacks, um, I came across these. I had no idea what they were because it has a cover here and a cover here. What Whoa. the heck is this, right? Uh, basically, Ace and a couple other publishers in the 50s and 60s made double novels, basically two books in one. It was a marketing scheme. Um but I had to learn how to list these because, like, wh which one do I use, right? But now that I have this knowledge and I took the time to learn all that, there's some of my easiest listings, to be honest. They go super quick. I don't like to change a couple things. Um, but I, I, I thought I knew everything, and I came across this. I don't know anything about these things. What are these? 
no, I'm the same way. I'd be like, what is this book? Fake? Somebody make this at home? Why ain't there, you know, no back pages? Two front Where's pages? the back cover? Why does it have two covers? Is this a misprint? What is okay, this? Okay, I'm curious. So so it's two stories. One starts yeah. from the back, one starts from the front. Yeah. Are, are the is the text like the same way or is no, one? No, that that's also if, flipped. So this if, it would be backwards here. It's upside down here. Okay. So you have to they built it pretty smart, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah that's uh that's pretty that's pretty neat i'm surprised they don't make them like that anymore i think they're cool i don't know why um i have loads of them i did a bunch of sci-fi last month um these are westerns obviously and i'm gonna finish those probably tomorrow but yeah um and they did them for fantasy and they did them for all the things but they're from the 50s and 60s i want to talk about knowledge when it comes to pricing your items Ooh. um I'll, I'll run away with amazon here for a little bit then you can kind of hop into the ebay one when it comes to pricing on Amazon, we all know that the buy box is all that matters if you're doing FBA and lowest price is all that matters doing merchant fulfilled. But there are times where you go to list something and you know the the market value of this book is we'll say twenty dollars. Well, Johnny B doesn't know what he's doing and prices his at five dollars. So you have to be wary of situations like this because you don't want to you know yet again software can take over a reprice or something along those lines and reprice your item down to his five dollars because he doesn't know what he's doing so there's kind of tools you can put in place so you avoid doing that and like he was saying earlier a little bit some things are seasonal right textbooks mm -hmm. there's people that'll buy textbooks you know people like joji and will hang on to them until textbook season rolls around where you're going to make an extra 20 30 40 bucks on that textbook versus if you send it in today so there are some like kind of quirks when it comes to pricing and you have to be aware that uh, not everybody that has their item listed knows what the value of it is. And just because somebody has it listed super high or super low doesn't mean anything. It's what has it, what has it sold for in the past? What is the proven track record of this item? Don't just think because Johnny has it listed at $1,000 that you're going to get $1,000 for your Danielle Steele book, even if Johnny's the only one, right? So we'll say... Daniel Steele, I got a Daniel Steele book. There's one listing on eBay for $1,000. Well, am I going to come on and list that book for $900? No, that is 100% the wrong move. It's never going to sell, right? Just because you're, but you're the, the lowest, cheapest. You're the cheapest I'm guy. I'm the cheapest, dude. I'm the lowest price out there. But that is just on that platform, right? If yeah. you go to Google and type in that same Daniel Steele book, you probably can find it for like five bucks on Books A Million uh anywhere else in the world so you can't get carried still away in walmart with... for two bucks still in the shrink <laughs> that's what i'm saying you can't you can't get carried away with the pricing you got to watch the watch the low ballers and you got to watch the high ballers because especially on amazon it's mostly <laughs> software based so usually the people that are priced real low don't know how to set up their software same with the people that are priced real high so you got to be you got to understand what the market value is of something just because somebody has it listed at 100 bucks doesn't mean you're going to get 100 bucks for that CD, right? List it out what it's sold for in the past. If you can't find it, Google it, and you'll see what other websites have it listed for. So you kind of have a gauge, right? I'm not saying you have to price off what anybody on the internet has, but you'll understand what the market value is. 
hey, you know, people are selling it for 25 bucks, 20 bucks. Then you say, well, all right, well, I'll list it at, you know, 25, 30 bucks. See if I can get the sale, come back and lower the price in a little bit. But don't go crazy either way. You can't go all the way down and you can't go all the way up. It'll just sit there and never sell. And then you'd be like, well, what's going on here? Why am I not selling anything? But that's my take with knowledge when it comes to pricing on Amazon. It's it's mostly software based. Most people that do Amazon have software that run the pricing. So you, you got to understand the software when it comes to knowledge. But yet again, there's content tutorials for every single piece of software out there on Amazon. Now, eBay's a little a little bit more tricky, so I'm gonna let you take this one away. Oh, you're not lying. It is very tricky. Okay. So most people watching this know to at least look at the solds on eBay and or the active listings. Um that'll that'll get you started at least. But then we get into our, our fun things. Okay, the ones that did sold and or the ones that listed, what kind of listing job, quality job did they do? Did they do one or not? If you think you can do a better job, I don't care what the solds say. You can probably charge a little bit more. Well, how much is too much? And as Mike was saying, overpricing and underpricing kind of deal. If you're doing a bang up job, you're kicking butt and you price your thing for at market value. Well, I think you would have lost money just because everybody else did a worse job than you. So how much above that can you go? That's the trick. That's probably the most tricky part to learn on eBay is again, knowing your market and using the tools or knowing you're selling a lot of things at this price. Can I sell this similar thing? It's not exactly this thing, but similar enough at that same price. So there's a little bit of experimentation. You got to find with what with, with listing it and seeing if it sells a little bit, if you're going above the market value on most of your items. I do this all the time. My listings are better than most listings out there, and I can charge, well, honestly, 70-80% more of what they sell for um, in most cases. Um, I would say 20% is a good number if you're still getting used to listings. You could, if you're doing just the tiniest bit better job on listing. Now, our other podcasts go into deep dives about these things, but I'll just cover some of the basics more photos than everybody else, a proper title structure than better than everybody else, and condition note both in description and condition fill bare minimum. Now, if you want to hear about the other things, go listen to our other podcast because I'm not going to take up the whole time on that. All right. So we're going to round out here this the knowledge episode here um, with my last little piece of advice. Then I'll let you drop in your last little uh, tidbits of advice. When it comes to knowledge, it's a process. You're not going to know everything right away. And I know for some people that can be aggravating. It's just the reality of it, right? There's so much information out there. You got to kind of narrow down what you want to focus on and you got to get out there. You got to put the reps in. You got to look up items. You got to sell some items. You got to understand the market, understand the platforms. It's not just knowledge of the items you're selling. It's knowledge of the platforms, how the platforms work, you know, Terrapeak, things like that. Like Johnny B, like it's not just knowledge of books. It's eBay knowledge, right? That's why he's the eBay guy. And we all know eBay is a lot more complicated than Amazon is if we're just looking at it from platform versus platform when it comes to, you know, usability, understanding how everything works, sell through, um, basically market analytics. So when it comes to knowledge, it's going to take time with anything. And over months, years, you're going to be able to sit back and say, hey, I don't have to scan every book anymore. I can go in a store. I know I'm not scanning this title. I'm not scanning this genre. I'm not scanning this author. 
and you, you're going to get more efficient with time comes, but just understand that knowledge, it's going to grow over time and it's not something you're going to have right away. So Johnny B, take us away. Yay. So we're giving our last final thoughts. My last final thoughts are it takes time um, and you'll pick this up. You're not going to know anything at the get-go. You're going to buy a bunch of things, even if you've niched down. You're going to list them all on whatever platform and you will just build this internal Rolodex over time of what you sell and you'll pick it up naturally over time. The longer you stick with it and the more you list or the more you box up to send into Amazon or list on FBM, it just takes time and just be patient that you don't know everything and don't over research um, beyond what you're having that you brought. You don't have to watch a million hours on YouTube to know everything there is about books. You don't have to do that. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.